You're listening to the Solo to CEO podcast with Davina Frederick. Hello, and welcome to the Solo to CEO podcast, where we provide a mix of powerful, thought-provoking, and practical information to assist you in your transformation from solo to CEO of a high-impact, high-revenue-generating business. I'm your host, Davina Frederick, and I'm here today with Molly McGrath, CEO of Hiring and Empowering Solutions, and Amazon bestsellers published author of Speaking Your Truth, Courageous Stories from Inspiring Women, Entrepreneurs in the Entrepreneur's World, How to Empower Your Employees to Step Up and Lead, Don't Be a Yes Chick, How to Stop Babysitting Your Boss, Transform Your Job, and Work with a Dream Team Without Losing Your Sanity or Spirit in the Process, and Speaking Your Truth, Courageous Stories from Inspiring Women, Volume 1. Welcome, Molly. I'm so happy you're here today. Wow, that is quite the list of books that you've written. I can't wait to hear all about those and about hiring and empowering solutions. How are you? Oh, I am well. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here today, Davina. So tell me uh, a little bit about hiring and empowering solutions first and let tell us how how your company serves your clients and what it is that you do sure absolutely so we have a two-pronged approach for our business model number one is clearly the hiring side of um, our business that is very different than the traditional recruiting or staffing model where we um believe that we have a very unique approach because we take the hiring process and really get into the mindset of the entrepreneur, by and large entrepreneurial attorney. And once we find the ideal candidate, most recruiters sort of disappear. And what we do is we have a 90-day onboarding process that is very methodical and well laid out in order for us to facilitate the onboarding and the training and by and large, the communication process between the employee and the entrepreneur and be able to bridge that gap and facilitate that for them to set them up for success um, right from the beginning. So that's for new employees, for attorneys that are adding to their team. And the second part of our business is is the empowering side of it. A lot of people you hear every day, um, there, especially in this day and age, there are so many coaches, consultants out there, and more and more so, as you know, in the legal space of late. And back in 1997, we created a program called the Team Empowerment Program, when empowerment really wasn't even a street term that was used. And we really, the easiest way to explain that program is it's a eight-week program that attorneys will put their employees through to teach them how to become what we call entrepreneurs in an entrepreneur's world. This most simplistic way to communicate that is to take, whether it's from the receptionist to the associate attorney, and teach them how to operate like an entrepreneur and have the mindset of a CEO, regardless of what position you sit in. Wow. So, so let's, I really want to dig into that empowering solutions part because that when you and I met, that really, that's the part that really intrigued me because I, I'm an attorney myself and have had my own uh, practice and I've, uh, many of my clients are lawyers with their own practice. And I, I talk all the time with lawyers who own their own practice. And one of the big challenges that 
uh, uh, lawyer CEOs have in growing their practices. They have a people problem, quite frankly, uh, in mm-hmm. finding, hiring, and then keeping good people. Uh, and they have, and one of the challenges they have is that, you know, the the attitude of people that they hire that, mm. you know, they're finding people that don't that, well, what they'll say is they don't want to work <laughs> or they don't have good job satisfaction. You know, they feel they, they want to go on and find something more rewarding or they, it's too much work or they want, you know, you know, to kind of push the envelope uh, with the employer um, so how is it that the work you do changes that for them? Oh, I love that question. It, I think what brings makes it really unique through our process of what we do is a lot of times attorneys are already feeling defeated or deflated based on their past experience and coming into the entire process with the mindset that, uh, you know, you got stories about millennials, you got stories about that people, whatever your experiences were from the past, people don't want to work anymore. They just want fat paychecks. They're just going to leave you anyways for uh, bigger, better, faster opportunities. And honestly, we don't see that. So when people come to us, they say, you know, I'm so emotionally invested in this and a bit tainted. So please take this process over for us. In our experience, we see quite the opposite. I think it's really in the power of the questions that you ask when you're initially doing those initial phone interviews and then doing more of the face-to-face or video interviews and really being very diligent and intentional with your questioning. So when people say that they're leaving a job because there really isn't a tremendous amount of opportunity, we pause. And I said, that's fascinating use of words. Tell me what opportunity means to you. So when you really can unpack and kind of pale away the layers of the onions and the terminology and be really present about their mindset, their behaviors, their characteristics versus paying attention to the resume and paying attention more to the human side of things, they give you so many either red flags and or opportunities that you can really hang on to and anchor to and explore and dive a little bit deeper with because we when we start talking to people I tell you I even especially in this day and age with unemployment so low people aren't leaving because there's not enough growth there's not enough money they're leaving because to be completely honest they're not getting the time attention communication and involvement in their practices So they'll say to us that I I have no idea where the North Star is. We don't have weekly team meetings. I was hired. I got a bit of training. And then I basically don't talk to anyone. I'm not anchored to the vision. I'm not anchored to the mission. I don't know about the core values. And what really, truly just goosebumps me from head to toe is when I get phone calls from attorneys saying, I don't think this person's the right person. I need to fire them, whatever. I say, time out. Talk to me a little bit about what structures and standards and systems you have in place for consistent weekly communication. Because you have to remember, you're hiring human beings. 
And at the end of the day, all they need is time, attention, and feedback. And that will go that will go so very far. So if you're having weekly team meetings where you're reviewing goals, you're setting up goals for the week, you're making certain that everybody's on point. We always throw in little things like just add with personal wins, professional wins, and having a weekly thank you where every person just shares what their win is from the week and somebody that they want to thank and acknowledge. People, I tell you, they will, we will, they will never leave a firm. If you can put simplistic structures in place like that, if you can give them consistent employee reviews on a 30-day basis when you're bringing them on and onboarding them and, and really interacting with that as a growth plan versus, you know, what's in it for me. You want to hear from your employees. How are we doing? Are we giving you all the resources, the time, the attention, everything you need in order to set you up for success. And of course, you need to make it a safe place for them to be able to communicate where you don't get defensive and or use it as a weapon against them. From the lawyer's perspective, from the employer's perspective, I can hear them now. The question is going to be, you know, so so what you're saying is, you know, I'm a really, I'm really busy. I'm a really busy lawyer. And when I hire people, it's I need them to, I need them to, the reason I hire them is because I need, I'm too busy and I need them to get in and hit the ground running and I don't have time for all of this. What do you say to that lawyer? Uh, I will tell them that if you don't have time to spend even a dedicated hour a week for an intentional stakeholders meeting, if you will, and then possibly a daily huddle of 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes max of how are you doing, you know, what have you accomplished, et cetera. If you don't have that time, then you just need to really own and be really honest with yourself that you're going to do it on your own or the revolving door is never going to close. You know, it's just no different than the person that says, I need to lose weight, but I don't have time to go to the gym. So if it's important to you, you need to have the power of the pause. You have to step back. And if you do it properly, it really should be no more than 30 days if you're intentional of it. So when you are on that hiring process, the reason people are typically hiring is because they don't have time to do it all anyways. So time is you end up, you know, it's almost this esoteric thing where it's not about time management. It's about focus management. You will get that time back. Probably our goal is at least threefold, if not fourfold, within 30 days of onboarding someone. But you have to be willing to take a step back, pause, and invest that time in the person in the beginning. Because chances are you're already spending that much, that amount of time anyways. In, in okay, I don't have time to sit down with you and dedicate it. And when we have attorneys start tracking it, they're like, oh my goodness, I've gained back at least a full, complete day between having hallway conversations, water cooler conversations, emailing back and forth on where they messed up versus just having that intentional hardwired time on your calendar each day and week. Because so they're, they're spending time putting out fires. Yes. Or doing corrective action, right? Yes, yes, exactly. And or getting so frustrated. We hear this. I'm sure you hear this all the time. Forget it. I'll just do it myself. And mm -hmm. a lot of times it's it always in our experience, it breaks down to just a breakdown in communication. 
if you, and that's one of the things we do through our hiring and our team empowerment program, is we teach the employees to be responsible for their communication. That's why we wrote the book, Don't Be a Yes Chick. Most employees are saying, okay, my boss knows better than me. I'm the employee. My job is to keep my mouth shut, so just say yes and shake your head and just sit there. And then they go back to their desk and they would be overwhelmed or they'd be confused or they wouldn't have a tremendous amount of clarity. And they're so deathly afraid to open their voice and or debrief at the end of the meeting. So that's the big piece. You're not meeting just to meet. We have the employees actually debrief. Okay, in closing, I want to clarify and verify what I heard. And they're really supposed to come to the attorneys with proposed solutions versus constant problems. So it's a combination between the time is in the training of the skill set and the knowledge and the culture and everything within your law firm. But the, the giant bonus is that is you're also training in communication and mindset and coaching and leadership. So don't be a yes chick is not really because when I read that as, you know, so as a boss, I read that and I go, so am I going to have somebody who's going to be, you know, confrontational with me all the time yeah. if they if I give them this book? But what you're saying is, is this really is about don't be a yes chick. The idea behind that is really about the employee taking ownership of their part of communication because communication is a two way conversation. There's a, there's a listening, there's a making sure you're being heard. There's making sure you understood there's back and forth in the conversation. So that is really not just about, you know, just going, "Uh uh-huh. And then pretending like you understood (laughs) and then going back and trying to fumble your way through something, but actually getting clarity and that kind of thing. Is that what the message is there? Indeed. You know, when we went started out and how we got started out in business was back in 2008, and we would be speaking at legal conferences under another organization that had contracted with us in the um, in the by and large in the estate planning and elder law space. And we would do different, um, you know, nine ways to have your attorneys back. We would have conversations and speaking engagements on hiring, firing, training, all of that. And we would get off stage and get clobbered in the hallways by the attorney saying, how can I clone you? How can I have somebody who speaks and acts and behaves like you? You're saying exactly what I want. Somebody who's going to protect my calendar. Somebody who's going to protect my time. Someone who's going to have my back. Somebody who understands all the things coming at me every single solitary day. My team members, they won't talk. They don't do this. They just do whatever I I tell them to do. And then they're constantly looking to me for the answers. I don't always have the answers. I don't know. I'm not on the front lines and stuck in a conference room all day. Help us, you know, give us, please help us create, clone you. And so that was really our backstory of how we started our business. And through that, we realized we were repeating ourselves over and over and over again. So we said, we really need to write a book. And that book really should be called the employee's manual, like how how to train your employee to behave in a small uh, law firm and how to how to support you as an attorney. Well, when it came time, we wrote out all the chapters and it truly is like 11 chapter book and step by step methodically from time, money, cash flow projects, all of that. When we came time to title the book and we were working with our publisher 
uh, Lainey and I, my partner, did a lot of focus groups, and we would do them with employees, and we would do them with the attorneys, and we do them with the attorneys and employees together, and then it was crickets. The employees wouldn't talk. And we then we get them on the call separately, and then they would be loaded with ideas. They would share things, but they wouldn't speak in front of their attorneys. And through that process, we started talking about what books are you all reading? What resources do you have available for you? And, you know, Lainey always tells the story. We did a charity event for the law firm that she's working at. Everybody cleaned out their closets, brought a lot of donations for um uh, for homeless women, et cetera. And there were five gals working in the law firm and they all came with a box of books and they were the exact same business books that their attorneys gave them to quote unquote fix them. Not one of them were opened. I mean, anything really fantastic books that you and I have both read and been excited about and handed to our employees to really, quote unquote, empower them and get them excited. But they weren't reading it because we really found that it wasn't written in their perspective. So the whole essence of titling the book, and we went back and forth with our publisher of Don't Be a Yes Chick, was a, really a book for the business owner to help fix and empower their employees and get them on board on the same playing field with them. But it had to be right, written in uh, the titling of it and the packaging. It really had it to be presented in a way to get into the speaking of their employees listening. So when we started presenting the title of the book to the employees, they were so excited because they finally were gonna have permission to speak up, to have one of our concepts we have in there is honest, well-respectful pushback, where you say, okay, great, got it, this is how we do it, have you ever considered it this way? Or is it possible that maybe we could streamline this this way, et cetera? And it got people, the employees, to finally find their voice and to understand that their attorneys were desperate for the inside of their brain. They were desperate for their feedback. They were desperate for them to come to them with proposed solution mindset. So that really was how we came about of um, titling and packaging that book was to be able to finally get the employees to open it up and really dive into it and to stay really excited and empowered to, to do the work within the, the walls of that book. That's a fantastic story and a, and a fantastic title, How to Stop Babysitting Your Boss. I love that um, because I, I'm sure that's what it feels like to people who babysit us, <laughs> you know, mm. um, because, you know, without them, they don't realize without you, know, without our teams, um, we we couldn't do what what we do. And I imagine, you know, attorneys can be a very intimidating lot to work for. <laughs> We're very driven for the most part, people. And, um, you know, we know what we want and we want it now, usually or yesterday. And uh, it can be tough, right? And so it can be very intimidating, I'm sure, to come and um, to come up against that personality and, and try to express a different thought, you know, on something, a conflicting yeah. thought on something. And so this has got to be, you know, just a really great tool for them. So give us a hint of what's inside of it. Tell, tell me one, one or two concepts that are inside this book. 
Well, I love that you even used the example right off the title of they got to feel like babysitters. And we talk very much in the book about, yes, you are. And it's actually quite an honor. I mean, if you really unpack the definition of a CEO, it's, it's by and large a babysitter. And so if you can at least acknowledge and own that and know that it's your job to be able to navigate and to pretty much tell everybody where to go, where to be, what to do, follow up with them on deadlines. And we, in the book, we open up and crack open the attorney team mindset and really give them a glimmer of what it is to be, for the most part, most of our clients are small solo uh, law firms. And we have them do this exercise where we say, we want you to follow your attorney around for one week. And we actually recommend that highly when people are onboarding new employees. And we want you to go into the conference room, go in when they're working with referral sources, giving private presentations, drafting documents, reviewing documents, walking out of a back-to-back meetings and having a line of people um, at the conference room waiting for them to sign checks to review. You know it. I mean, the list is endless. And it's fascinating because day three, they say, all right, time out. I got it. This is insanity. I never saw him or her drink a glass of water. They didn't have anything to eat for nine hours. They barely went to the restroom. They were running around like with a head, with a chicken like their head cut off. They're getting hammered from people every which way. And by the way, their family's blowing up their folks. They're supposed to be at soccer an hour ago. And once again, they missed soccer again. And so they start to really get a glimmer of that. And that is exactly, and again, the whole premise of a how to stop babysitting your boss is yes you you're not no longer going to have to feel like a babysitter because now you're going to make that shift that two millimeter shift into being a leader and how to lead and guide your attorney versus this babysitting which is just a mindset of how you view it so one of the biggest things i think that we talk about in the book is teaching them how to get out of entitlement mentality and dumping that entitlement mentality and really understanding the entrepreneurial environment and the importance of them consistently providing value and taking that i see as an absolute honor of being able to lead an attorney that is open and coachable and willing to let control of their calendar, their cash flow, their appointments, the client files, et cetera, and allow for you to take ownership and leadership of that so they can work on their top revenue producing activities only they can do in the personal service industry and as an attorney because there are there are many different levels of concern that come with malpractice and client confidentiality and all the other pieces that that go with owning a law firm. Well, and for the attorney, it's really about empowering them to empowering your team to be, to, to solve problems that your team, that other adults should be able to solve. Like not every problem that comes up should be the attorney's problem to solve that the mm, other adults yeah. in the room should be able to and empowered to solve. But a lot of times they're afraid to because attorneys are a controlling, not just attorneys, but it could, it could sure. just be but, but the owners of a business who are accustomed to doing everything and being in control of everything. But if you want to grow and make that transformation, 
from solo to CEO of business, you have to start letting go of control of things. And unless you have a team that is capable, that you can feel confident um, letting go of control, then you're not going to do that. And so a way to feel confident is to make sure to give them the skills to empower them, like what you're talking about, right? Because unless they have the skills, you're not going to feel confident. So talk to us about how you how you go about through your program um, teaching them these skills. Yes, love that. Yeah, it's it's a few things, you know. I, in my experience, entrepreneurs, if it, it, when you go dig really deep, they don't want to be control freaks. They really don't want to have to manage everything. And it's easy to say, okay, check the box. The person has the skills. Check the box that they have the knowledge and then I can let go of control but we always teach the team is that you have to over communicate and give them the confidence that this time finally they can let go because portion of it is they don't have the confidence that they can let go once and for all then why bother because it's just going to come back to me in a week or two because somebody's dropping the ball somewhere so it's up to the team to over communicate the conf and give the confidence to the attorney that they can finally trust and let go. So to your point, we always say come to them with proposed solutions, never starting with the problem. And so that's one thing that we do teach them is in regards to how to communicate and a concept that we have of run the day. So imagine you just hire a new employee and you're, you teach them how to, I'll use a very simplistic example of if they're the front of the house and they're your director of first impressions and they're responsible for client intake, so to speak, and you teach them the ins and outs and the basics 101 of what type, what our ideal client looks like, why they write us a check, here's the database management system, here's how you set up the file. So very generalistic, that's how you do it. And your experience has been that your employee has done just that. And maybe they did it 70%, missed a couple marks or some mistakes here and there. But when you hire properly and you hire what we call a superstar, and what we teach them in there is to go above and beyond. And then you also come to it from a place of leadership. So you're also managing their day. You're looking at their calendar and you're really operating like a CEO mindset. So you take the general direction that you get, your job of simplicity of receptionist slash client um, services director or the director for depression, whatever terminology resonates for people. And you have the ability to up-level that. And you do, yes, you understand the basics, but then when you're coming to them, you're always coming with reporting. You're not coming there with a place of conversation. So if you're meeting each week, you're self-governing. You're coming with, okay, great. Here we had 10 initial contacts that came in. Here's a referral source they came from. Here was the last action. Here's the next action. All your files are already set up. They're all parked in the garage for your appointments next week. And I looked at your calendar and I saw that you have this, this, and this. Do you have your presentations for that workshop. I never heard you talk about that workshop. Do Is there anything that you need from it? And so I'll stop right there. Just look at the difference of that 
versus uh, an employee that is doing exactly what you teach them to do. So we take them through this whole concept of how to run the day, so to speak, where you are operating like the old school Julie McCoy from Love Boat, the cruise director, if you're old enough, enough to get that reference, and really understand what it means to protect your attorney's time to protect their their confidence, and not only to protect their back, but also to have their front and know what they're walking into for the next week or two proactively. And when somebody begins to communicate like that, and we get phone calls all the day, I don't know what you did to her. After one call, they'll say, I don't know what you did with her, but the rest of my employees are going through this program because never in the history of my business have I felt so absolutely confident that I could let go now. Wow. Wow. And so how do you incorporate that, uh, your training into uh, an already busy law office? How do you, Mm. how do you manage that when they already, you already have somebody who's working? Do you go in with people in their existing team? Yes. I would say that I would, is the bigger, biggest portion of our clients that come in because the ones that, do not have teams are typically putting them through the hiring process and the, the base level of just how to run some of these basic days. The challenge is um, some of the already established practices that are maybe on to opening a satellite office or second, third, fifth office and have grown from uh, to the attorney and one key paralegal or support staff to a team of 10 now. And I would tell you the greatest challenge, very similar to the question that you had for the solo who says, I don't have time, is exactly that. And you know this just as well. When you have people coming in and your greatest thing is to say, okay, are you going to invest the time into this? Are you willing to do things differently than you're already doing? I don't love the term change. And I don't like transformation or coming in and blowing everything up and changing. But if you're not willing to what we call the power of the pause, and we have a whole chapter on this in our book about how to conduct a stop restart, because you always come to this precipice where you're saying, okay, now we're all busy. Our challenges no longer are to get the phone to ring. Our challenges are no longer if we're going to cover payroll this week. Now we're getting to up leveling where we have some challenges of having consistency, whether it be through systems of how we answer the phone, how we onboard people, things of that nature. And we always say, Find a designated person, pick that CEO, if you will, in your firm, who's going to become what we call your team leader. They're the ones who are going to navigate all this and just get one person who could come in and go in this program. And then they have the ability to go in and project manage each department. We never, when firms get that big, we we truly do not want the entire firm shut down going through this program. Just pick one person. And they, you know, it starts at the top. And so go the coach, so go the coachee. So they begin to instill these, what we call two millimeter shifts and be able to make these refinements and improvements along the way. And they'll be able to coach you and be able to coach the team on why we're doing what we're doing. And ideally it'd be wonderful if it's not the attorney and they can find someone that they can trust to delegate that to. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you, are you able to do your programs virtually then? They're all virtually, yes. Oh, okay, okay. Because uh, I'm, 
I was curious about how you do that. I know you're located in Colorado and you work with um, businesses throughout the country, right? Yes. Yeah. All of our clients are national. So everything is done through video and through Zoom and all done um, virtually. And then the back end of our membership with their training videos and all the different 175 plus tools that we have in there are all um, virtual access. Oh, interesting. Um, All right. So tell us, how can we find out more? For interested in finding out more, where can we find out more? You can go to our website. It is www.hiringandempowering.com. We have a blog on there. We've been blogging since 2008. Uh, We've heard over, you know, the 10 plus years, just value rich content in regards to hiring, firing, training, leadership, communication. Uh, so I can highly, I would highly recommend that the easy way to stay engaged with us and really learn more about the mindset. We write very, very value rich content in regards to tips, techniques, strategies um, that people tell us they print out and have hanging on their office walls or by their computers and implementing into their training and um, onboarding systems internally within their firm. And we also have our Entrepreneurs in the Entrepreneurs World a book on our website. It's a free PDF download. You just simply plug your email address in and you get immediate access to that. Oh, awesome. Terrific. All right. So what advice do you have if you want to leave like one golden nugget kind of with our attorney CEOs who are just really struggling with their, their team and they want to, or even if they're not really struggling, but they just want to um, create a better team and where, where should they start? What's, what's the first thing you would say for them to do? Mm, I love that question. It's, it's it, like I started this off with, I say, just make the mental shift that you're going to just invest your time and attention with your team. So the simplest way to start off is to start implementing a weekly one-hour team meeting where you're going to shut, get together with everybody in the firm. We have some suggested agendas that are in our book. Um, you can also send us an email through our contact form on our website, and I'd be more than happy to share a free tool for that. I say the more that you can stop and spend time with them, looking at the business, sharing the vision, connecting with them as humans, and just checking in with them on a base level, at least once a week for one hour. The return on investment of that, your employees, they will not leave. They will not look elsewhere. And not only that, but when you're sharing your challenges, what's working, what's not working, et cetera, you'll be amazed at how many of them will step up and say, how can I take this off your plate? How can I support you? And we even put a portion of that in our suggested weekly agenda of looking at where are people jammed up and where do they need help and who can help? And that simple question of how are you doing, what's working, what's not working currently, it will transform your entire practice. That's number one. Number two, I cannot say enough about scheduling uh, employee reviews, and we call them employee growth plans, where you can spend that dedicated time. Most people wait until annually, and then that causes all this awkwardness about do we get raises, do we get bonuses, et cetera. Set those standards up front 
And we really lobby hard for spending and doing those reviews once a quarter because a lot of times your employees have a tremendous amount of insight, ideas, refinement, additions for revenue, et cetera. And it's a shame to wait an entire year. And then it becomes so completely consuming and overwhelming to be able to implement all that at once. And the third thing I would say is in incorporating some type of team building, team bonding, and strategic retreats quarterly within your practice. Take yourself outside of the day-to-day -day operations and just facil facilitating a once-quarter retreat off-site and then having a fun component to it after you're done with the business building and the strategy and things of that nature, where you have the opportunity to really um, collaborate and connect in a very um, cohesive environment. Because people want to be in a place where they feel like there is community. And we all know that, we hear that from our clients all the time. They will hire you every day of the week, even if you're more expensive than the guy down the street, if you have a team-centric approach and they feel acknowledged, they feel heard, and they feel like you're part of your family. Molly, that is just terrific advice. I so appreciate you being here today and sharing this information. It is just, I think it's a wealth of um, information that is so valuable um, to our listeners. And I thank you for being here. Uh, and I know I've learned a lot and I'm going to go First thing I'm going to do when I get off here is I'm going to download your latest book because <laughs> I've got to know, I've got to know what it's like entrepreneurs in an entrepreneur's world. Uh, and I think I'm going to be sending out, don't be a yes chick, how to stop babysitting your boss, transform your job and work with a dream team without losing your sanity or spirit in the process. I'm going to be sending out that to a few of my clients so they can share it with their, their team. So uh, thanks for being here and sharing with us today. I really enjoyed it. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. The Solo to CEO podcast is sponsored by D. Frederick Media and Marketing and the Solo to CEO system. We help professional women entrepreneurs transform from solos to CEOs of high impact, high revenue generating businesses while reclaiming their time and creating the lifestyle of their dreams. If you are ready to skyrocket your revenue, cultivate a crackerjack team, and set up systems and automation to get your firm running like a well-oiled machine so you can focus on the highest and best use of your time, then you'll want to attend our latest presentation, Six Shifts to Transform Your Solo Practice into a Seven-Figure Firm with Total Ease. Register at law.solotoceo.biz webinar.